0: what's up everybody and welcome to the stand-up guys podcast episode 173 i'm your host incomparable Zach jones joined as always by the ninth wonder chocolate thunder eating pussy by the mile like it's going out of style the clam slurping tuna burping no matter how tired no matter how hurt forget about water you only drink squirt the phenomenal aj sing
1: what's up how's it going <laughs>
0: You know, I can't complain, AJ. I, uh, I'm i on, on vacation from work, so I've just been lazing about pretty much this week. Nice, uh, nice. I, uh, I
1: have not been, I have been lazing about for a while now, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm going back to school and stuff, but um, I have been taking this time off to work out like crazy. And today I went for two jogs. Uh, so I went like probably four miles, uh, didn't jog the whole way, Jogged probably like two thirds of that, maybe a little bit more. Um, and then I jogged a little bit more, but mostly walked another two miles. I, I think it was probably a good six to eight miles today. So, oh, wow, it was, that is uh, a good... Pretty good, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you've actually ever talked about it on the, on the show, but you've actually lost like an insane amount of weight, right?
1: Yeah, I'm working on it, man. I'm still going. So, I'm not done yet. It's still a project, work in progress.
0: Well, haven't you lost like already like over 100 pounds or something?
1: Yeah, I'd say I lost about 130
0: pounds. Holy cow, man. That's. That's awesome. But yeah, that's a lot of work, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. But I mean, you know, it's it's healthy living. So I, I, I definitely, you know, I feel like I've got a second wind, you know, like before I didn't care about a lot of stuff. I didn't have a lot of motivation, but losing weight really changes your perspective on things. And, you know, I mean, that's probably part of why I'm going to, back to school and stuff. So yeah, it's been good.
0: Yeah. I'll, and I, one thing I will say, because I lost, you know, quite a bit of weight, I mm-hmm. guess it's been a little over 10 years now, but, um, you know, I was overweight almost my whole life. And, and when you put things in perspective, like, I really lost the majority of that weight within, like, six months. So, like, if you're somebody out there that's really heavy and you think, like, oh, there's no way I can possibly uh, get out of this hole I dug myself into, like, you can do it faster than you would think possible. And, yeah. like, once – the thing is, like, like you were saying, like, once you start seeing those results and, like, losing the weight, then you, you kind of become – like even more addicted to like working hard and like seeing even more. And like, yeah, you can really transform yourself, you know, in, in mere months more, more so than you would ever think possible.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So no, man, that's cool. Um,
1: well, AJ, uh, you watch anything new this week or you just been, I just been watching YouTube videos and stuff. Nothing really. <laughs> I heard, I did hear that uh, Godzilla minus one is a really good movie. Everybody's talking about that. I haven't seen it, but It's interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, I've heard a review of that as well, and it got really positive reviews. I'm skeptical. Like, I don't know. I've just never been into the whole kaiju monsters fighting thing. And like the the few of those movies I have seen are like the, you know, more recent like American ones that are not very good at all right and it's my understanding that even a lot of the japanese ones are terrible but like yeah this one's getting very good reviews like i'm not gonna go see it in theaters but maybe when it hits streaming i'll actually check this one out
1: yeah man i, I think i don't know if i talked about it in the podcast but i canceled all my streaming services i'm i'm waiting for them to like buffer you know like reload with a bunch of good stuff and you know why pay like over a 100 bucks a month for all these streaming services you know i'm barely getting anything to trickle down right now like just just I think I'm going to take a little time off, maybe six months or so, maybe a little bit longer. Who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping everything builds up.
0: That really is, is the way to do it. Like, um, I, well, I have kind of like a, a permanent subscription to Hulu just cause I, I still like, even though it's not very good, like I, I still kind of keep tabs on like WWE programming, which is on Hulu. So like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I still keep up with it to, to an extent, but like, but yeah, I think the only other one I have right now is max and that's only because they gave it to me for like half price for like four months and that's almost out so once that's out i'm gonna cancel that again so like i'm in the same boat where like for the most part like um yeah i don't need a million subscriptions because you're just wasting money you, you can only watch so much and there's not gonna be things you know on certain ones that you that you're gonna be watching anyway so it's like yeah i'm the same way i'll keep my I'll kind of keep uh, my ear open for reviews and stuff and like keep tabs on what's, what's coming be like, Oh yeah. Okay. A second season of the show. I like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll finally dip back into that surface and watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, honestly, I think that's the only way to go unless, unless you just have enough disposable income that you're like, eh, I'll just subscribe to everything. And <laughs> I know yeah. there's people like that. that just like the ease of that, which if you can do that, good on you. But, Yeah, I'm a a big advocate of of canceling and resubscribing when you want to. Yeah. Um, Well, AJ, you would think that having all this time off, I would have watched more stuff. But (laughs) I really this week only started um, one new show. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on Hulu. It's called A Murder at the End of the World. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm digging it quite a bit so far. Cool name. Yeah, definitely a good name. (laughs) So, like, the premise of the show – is there's this woman and she's like um, an amateur sleuth, like um, and like her dad was a mortician. So she was always around like death. And she even saw like some of the crime scenes that he worked on and stuff like that. And so mm. she kind of just became obsessed with like solving crime and stuff like that. And she ends up like solving this like serial killer cold case. And she becomes an author and like, um you know, publishes a book about it. Mm. And so, that uh, gets the attention of uh, so Clive Owen's character is almost like this he, he's like this really wealthy like uh, tech guy like almost like a Steve Jobs type guy okay and he invites her to like this secret retreat um, that him and his wife put on where they invite basically like a bunch of like really smart people and like people they find fascinating to this retreat. Mm -hmm. So it's like her and maybe like, I don't know, seven or eight other people get invited to this retreat. Mm -hmm. And like when they get there, like um, like the whole thing is like Clive Owen invites some of the people. And then he lets his wife, who's also like has like kind of this fascinating past is like this, like um, a woman who's like an expert, like in hacking devices and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she also invited like some people. Um, but anyway, like, uh, Clive Owen, his whole thing is like, he wants to put the smartest people in this room together to solve climate change, basically. Okay. And, um, but the, like the first night they're there, of course, somebody gets murdered.
1: Okay. Oh, and so all climate change with, with a murder. <laughs> right? do
0: you do? <laughs> oh, and I should say, um, uh, it's, uh, the reason it's called the murder, uh, at the end of the world is this retreat is like in this um in um what is iceland and it's like this very remote place you know
1: it's um, kind of that's kind of messed up to say that about iceland to be like this is the end of the world this is like this iceland <laughs> you know just godforsaken end of the world <laughs>
0: yeah really from what i understand greenland would be more the end of the world Yeah, that's true. but um, this, like,
1: where was he named greenland that because they were trying to trick people into going there Oh, is that true? (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to colonize it. And they were like, yeah, it's green. That's ice. This is Greenland.
0: (laughs) Well, look, if they let climate change go on, eventually maybe it will be green. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, this sets into events of like, you know, her. It's kind of like, you know, that classic, like, uh, you know, closed door mystery, you know, and um, she's trying to solve it. And also like throughout, you you kind of uh, get flashbacks to her, Solving that serial killer case, she was on, and like the show's still coming out like week to week. I think there's still like uh two episodes I haven't seen, but like, uh, Like,
1: she got invited by one of these rich people,
0: these yeah, people. yeah. And um, you don't really know, like, um, Clive Owen insinuates at the beginning that that like he invited all the smart people. Well, like, the like there's an astronaut and there's like a robotic, like a robotics, like genius, and like he insinuates that he invited those people and anyone left over his wife might've must've invited, but like they haven't like came out and said like complete, like I think that's still an air of mystery, like whether he actually invited her or if his wife invited her. So, and like, like I said, his wife has kind of a dodgy past too. So it's like, it's a, it's, it's definitely interesting though. If you're a murder mystery fan, uh, I I definitely recommend uh, checking it out. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it quite a bit so far.
1: Buddy, I'm podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Got a cameo. Um,
0: Well, AJ, speaking of TV, I thought we could, um, you know, last uh, week we kind of ran the big movies that are coming out in 2024. Um, So I I found a list of uh, anticipated 2024 TV shows. Now, I will say this is not a complete list. Uh, It's hard finding a good TV list because you either get those lists that list like everything like the bachelor season 72 or whatever. Like I didn't want to get a list like that and just go through like a bunch of nonsense. And then right. you also get listed or maybe just a t- too sparing. Now the problem with this list, I will say that like there's shows on here that have already been like delayed and like, um, to 2020. Like there's one on here that I know isn't coming out next year. And there's a few others that like, I'm pretty sure aren't either, but it at least puts some stuff on our radar and and we can go through and see if we're excited for these or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So this first one, um, I might wait on reviews, but I've seen a trailer for it and it does look like it'd be up my alley, uh, which is true detective season four. Now, AJ, I don't know about you. I've only watched true detective season one, uh, which was the season with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, which I thought was fantastic. And then I remember season two came out and everyone said, oh, this is terrible. So I never watched that one. And then right. a season three came out and people were like, Uh, oh, it's okay, but it's no
1: season one. Um, I never saw season, I never haven't seen it at all. Oh, but you did, haven't seen it at all? I hear really good things about season one.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend season one. It's 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 really good. And it's the show that like, Everyone said, like, oh, my God, Matthew McConaughey, you know, can actually be a good actor in the whole McConaughey-sense thing. Okay. Uh, I will say, though, he's, it seems like he's made some real trash since the mcconaughey mm. So <laughs> I don't know if that was a forever thing. But, uh, right. uh, but it says, uh, the anthology crime series that kicked off with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey in the Deep South now heads uh, north to the inh- inhospitable terrain of Alaska. This new series stars Jodie Foster as a detective on the hunt for a serial killer. What's scarier than a villain who operates in almost perpetual nighttime? Uh, I think blood-soaked snow patches and grumbly, monotone police officers who've seen too much stuff in their lifetime. Uh, so uh, I just like uh, that it seems uh, to be in because, um, like, I remember season three, even though I didn't watch it, it was, like, set in the – a period piece, I think, set in the past. This one looks more mm-hmm. contemporary again. But, you know, I, I, I like a good cat and mouse serial killer like thing. And, and Jodie Foster is really good. I saw a trailer for this. It looks it looks good. And and so as long as it doesn't get like, you know, season two type of reviews, like right. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. <clears throat> uh, this one here doesn't appeal to me, but um, I'll, I'll read the description, see what you think. Uh, Masters of the air. Um, are you in search of every buzz, uh, buzzy actor in the biz right now? Look no further than Masters of the Air, which boasts a cast that includes Austin Butler, Barry Keegan, uh, Nikuti Gatwa, Callum Turner, and Jude Law. Uh, I only know
1: one of those actors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know a couple of them, but yeah, uh, it's not exactly a who's who. The series (laughs) takes to the skies as it follows a 100th bombardment group of the U.S. Army uh, Air Force during the Second World War. It's a companion series to Band of Brothers, another equally stacked series full of then up and coming superstars. Yeah, for me, this doesn't do anything for me. Like the war genre just kind of puts me to sleep. It always has. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's not my thing.
1: You know, ever since I learned that like the military has to okay every project that Hollywood does, (laughs) like there's so much military propaganda. I'm like I'm like overly wary of it now. I'm just like I have I veer away from that stuff now. I'm like. I don't like being told what to think.
0: <laughs> Is that true in this day and age? I, I would think, uh, you know, Hollywood yeah, like the military
1: could... still has offices like in in Hollywood. Like everybody has, they have to sign off on every project. I from what I've heard,
0: really, that's that's interesting. Like I could yeah. maybe see them being like, oh, if you somehow put government secrets in this movie, like we need to know,
1: you know. But it's, it's... like a culture thing. Like like things have to fit a certain like cultural narrative.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, I feel like there have been movies made that are like m- more skeptical of the military, but like I don't know, there there are a lot of just like rah rah, you know, yeah. good, we're really the good guys always. Uh, the next one, this one, I'm kind of curious about, even though I don't know much about it, but it is in the realm of sci-fi, which I like. It's called the three, the three-body problem, um, from which I understand is based on a uh, uh, a best-selling book. Mm-hmm. um so david benioff and db weiss have left the rudiment oh no yeah it's them oh no
1: it's such a good book too Oh, have you no. actually have you
0: actually read the book
1: I, i've only seen like the breakdowns of the book like oh, okay. uh, by this guy quinn quinn's ideas he's got a youtube channel and uh i think it's called the three body paradox or something i'm not sure well
0: this says the three body problem but maybe the book was maybe it's
1: a problem yeah it might be a problem then but uh by six and lou i think um
0: but you know what, like even though Game of Thrones, I will agree, d- kind of faltered in the end, that last season was disappointing. There was enough good stuff w- within Game of Thrones that I'm just not like ready to totally write these guys off. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, I get it. I I they're good when they have source material, you know? Like when they have the actual books to look at, you know? And I'm maybe that's what this is, like maybe he's written all the works I don't know if he's done yet. I I don't know all about that. But, I mean, as long as they stick very close to the source material, I think they have a chance of making a good show. But if they start coming up with their own ideas, that's where I get really skeptical.
0: You know, that's a good point. If this book series is already completed, like, they have a better chance then, I guess, of, you know, not having to make up stuff and, like... Yeah. So, yeah, that might actually help. But, yes, yeah, as Benioff and Weiss uh, left the tools of Westeros behind and have entered into the science fiction game with this adaptation of the best-selling novel of the same name. So maybe it's just one novel, and if that's the case, like, okay. yeah, they should be good to go. It follows mm-hmm. an astrophysicist who, after seeing her father brutally murdered during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, is conscripted by the military, sent to a secret radar base in a remote region of the country. Their decision she makes in the 1960s ripple through time. Uh, so popular is this property that it's also had an unrelated Chinese ap- adaptation released. Um, so yeah, I'm you know I'm a sci-fi into sci-fi, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, uh, interested in this. Uh, okay, this next one I'm not going to read because it's Daredevil: Born Again, which has already been announced that it's it's not going to see the light of day until 2025, I believe.
1: So. Oh wow! Uh,
0: now they don't have echoes on this or echo on this list of most anticipated. <laughs>
1: so i don't I don't know anything about echo I don't really care about echo but I, I I've been seeing like reviews for it already online
0: yeah and and like I saw a headline I didn't like listen to any of the reviews but like no. it made it look like it was getting like decent reviews by people who had advanced access to it so
1: I'm still not gonna watch it
0: <laughs> oh I'm gonna watch it but uh I'm are you oh 100 percent you watch it for the show I mean it's up to you but yeah I would review one, too, but I'm definitely gonna watch it for sure. Okay. Um, you know, this next one actually makes me curious to go back and and watch. Um, so this one is called The Night Manager Season Two, which I remember vaguely knowing about the uh, The Night Manager Season One when it came out years ago, but like I never really looked into it at all. But um, so it says the world fell to its knees when it, the first season of The Night Manager hit our screens in 2016. Well, I don't know if that's true. Um, uh, introducing us to Tom Hiddleston's former military officer, Jonathan Pro- Jonathan Pine. Based on the John Lee Carey novel, it was a slick and sexy spy offering, and one we thought we'd left back in the 2010s. However, it was announced this year that not only will the night manager be back, but Hiddlestil- Hiddleston will be returning, too. There's no word yet on where this espionage caper will take us. Um, so... Yeah, I might go back and actually watch The Night Manager Season 1, because I do like Tom Hiddleston. And, like, the spy genre can be hit and miss, but there's stuff, there's certainly spy movies and things that I've watched that I've enjoyed. So, I don't know, it kind of appeals to me. Uh, so maybe I'll watch Season 1, and if I like it, I'll check out this Season 2. What do you think?
1: I never heard of the first season. I I don't, never heard of the show. But, um, I don't know, spy stuff, just, maybe I'm in a phase, but I'm not really interested in that right now, I guess. Okay. Uh,
0: um this one i'm definitely uh going to watch if it comes out this year but who knows uh but it's the penguin uh so uh the batman the robert pattinson movie of course uh, colin farrell played the bat or the penguin in that movie and now he's going to get his own series on max uh so it says colin farrell is packing himself back into the prosthetics to re-inhabit his role as Gotham's greatest crime lord from 2022's the batman Landing on Max, the series will explore Oswald Cobblepot's rise to the echelons of our echelons of the city's criminal underworld and consists of 8 episodes. Not much is known about the series yet, but that's just the way the shadows of organized crime works. Um so yeah, I'm definitely interested. I liked Colin Farrell in that movie, uh even though he's almost unrecognizable in all the makeup and stuff. Uh but uh yeah, I'm I'm uh, I would definitely be up for reviewing this
1: on the show. What about you? Yeah, I'd be up for it. I'm, I'm not super excited about it just because DC hasn't, I, I don't, I'm not super excited about DC right now. I just haven't seen a lot of good stuff coming out of them. Um, did, did you
0: like the Batman?
1: It was okay, but I think they just, it's so dark and gritty all the time. Like, you know, I know it doesn't have to be like Thor, Love and Thunder or anything like that, but I mean, it could be more in tune with what the world's really like, you know, there's ups and downs, there's good and bad, you know, like. There's funny and unfunny and serious, you know? Like, it could be a little bit of both, I think.
0: I will say, though, I kind of like that uh, this series is, uh, and the Batman is, is really dark and gritty because I kind of suspect that the Batman movie they're going to make in the James Gunn universe, um, mm-hmm. where he's going to have Batman and then Damien, you know, his son, I think that okay. probably is going to be somewhat of a lighter tone so that's since we're already getting that one, I'm like, yeah, go ahead and make the Pattinson one dark and gloomy and messed up, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So so that we we no, can get both to different.
1: Those... It's not gonna be Pattinson in that movie, or no. is it gonna be No, it's gonna be different. Jeez, man, like so many different Batman, too. Like I I do like Marvel's cohesiveness, like their their storytelling compared to DC's because DC's is like they have they have so many different Batman movies, man. It's like I wish it was one universe. Uh,
0: I have mixed feelings about it. I think the reason they did that was because they already had this Pattinson series going, and I think it was going to be hard to kind of shape that into what James Gunn wanted to do. And then also, the Joker movie, the first one did very well, and they're making that second one, which we talked about last week. And so I think they were just like, okay, we're going to have like branding of like elseworld things that aren't in the James Gunn universe. And like, I think I'm okay with it because it lets them do more interesting stuff outside of the, I, I think you do risk confusing general audiences for sure. Yeah.
1: That's what I worry about. Especially like the, Yeah, the people who aren't like hardcore, you know, fans and stuff.
0: But, you know, I don't think there's going to be too many of these Elseworlds. World series just because i think they're gonna to have to commit so many resources just to the shows and movies they announce that are in the james gunn kind of universe that i don't think they're going to want to commit a bunch of like i i think they'll have that joker sequel and they'll see how that does and i think they probably have a, a trilogy of these patents and movies in mind but i would kind of be surprised if they do any other kind of Elseworld, not in the James Gunn universe type of things. So I don't think it's going to be um, a big issue. Um, Okay, this next one I have not heard about. It's called The Sympathizer. Uh, it says, if there's one thing that Marvel's uh, arts culture takeover taught us is that uh, if you have Robert Downey Jr., you better make the most of him. In The Sympathizer, he plays a master of disguise, inhabiting all the characters that make up a, a vague notion of the man... In this story about a Viet Cong spy infiltrating the South Vietnamese community in the 1970s, Los Angeles. Directed by legendary South Korean auteur Park Chan-wook, the series has been described as part thriller and part satire. Now, I really like Robert Downey Jr., but like this like description, like, is he going to be disguising himself as like a Vietnamese man? Because
1: <laughs> that sounds like He's something... He's doing every race, man. He's doing every race. I... I think there was a movie where he pretended to be a. So first there was Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, yeah. I think there was another movie where he pretended to be a Mexican guy, and I don't know how that went over. <laughs> and now he's. Is he doing Vietnamese face? I don't know. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, he's a master of disguise. <laughs> that would be funny. Like every episode, he's a different race. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. It sounds interesting still. Uh, if I see a trailer on that one and it looks interesting, I might check it Mm out. Uh, so the next one is called rival, um, dust off your jawed purse. I got to say, this is like a British, uh, article. So they, they have references here. I don't know what they're talking about. It
1: sounds like a type of shoe
0: (laughs) and unlock your memory box of saucy puns because Jilly Cooper is getting a Renaissance in 2024 with an adaptation of her bestseller, Rivals, part of the Rutshire Chronicles, which follows the horsey elite of 1980s well, Britain.
1: Man, we need to go back and teach the British how to talk, man. What is going on with this? This is a mess. <laughs> the story follows a rival-
0: rivalry between TV channel executives. What? Uh, the series will star David Tennant, Aidan Turner, and Danny Dyer. Expect sex, power struggles, and a fair few ripped riding coats. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs>
1: I don't know what this is, but no, thank you. Like, if they had TVs in the Victorian age, this show would be a hit. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Ooh, this next one, AJ, I I have not heard anything about this, so I'm very dubious that it will actually be coming out in 2024. But I'm interested, uh, because as I mentioned, I think last week, I really liked Blade Runner 2049, the movie. Well, apparently there's going to be a TV series, Blade Runner 2099. Uh, There isn't much Blade Runner 2099 news out there, just that it's happening, and Ridley Scott is steering the ship. While Blade Runner 2049 partially set up options for a follow-up, a movie sequel was never greenlit. Instead, the next story set 50 years on from our last outing in the world of Replicants and Humans will land on Prime Video at some point in the future. Um, Yeah, that excites me. I'm not a big fan of the original Blade Runner, but I love Blade Runner 2049, and I, I kind of like the whole, like, cyberpunk aesthetic, so, like, I'm
1: I'm definitely will give that a shot. Um, what about you? Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't seen 2049 yet, so I'll definitely have to check that out, but, uh, yeah, sounds good.
0: Um, well, even the article doesn't think this next one's coming out in 2024, but I'll mention it. Uh, the Devil in the White City. In what possibly might be the most cursed TV property of all time, it's unlikely that The Devil in the White City will actually hit our screens in 2024, what with having no director or lead star anymore. However, we remain hopeful, if only because it's a prospect that seems to have nine lives. As the production baby of Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, the series, which is about uh, Chicago against the backdrop of the World's Fair, and the notorious serial killer H.H. Holmes, uh, lost Kiana Reeves as its lead star and Todd Field as its helm. Right now it's in limbo, but you can't kill this one uh, that easily. So, I mean, it seems like this is in development hell. Uh, but even if it happens, I don't know that it sounds all that appealing to me.
1: Yeah, no. Um,
0: I don't know. I, I got to say, like... <laughs> There is a lot, like, of Martin Scorsese movies that I haven't seen. In fact, I'd say there's more of his movies that I haven't seen than I have. But that's because, like, he's usually obsessed with, like, mobster-type stuff. And that's a genre yeah. that I've just never been into. Now, this doesn't necessarily, like, say gangster stuff. But it, ah, I don't know. It's still just the description. description doesn't really do that much for me. I do... Sometimes serial killer stories can be interesting, but I don't even know if that's the main focus of this story, so I don't know. Probably not for no, me.
1: I said it was a phase earlier, but I never really liked spy stuff. I never really like you know, all that hoorah stuff. But I always liked Mafia stuff and I, I love The Godfather. So uh I, I'm definitely a little partial to, to some of his to his work, so maybe who you knows.
0: So you, you might be in for it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I have so many like huge like blind spots of like movies just because like mob. Like, I, for example, I've never seen the Godfather movies and I don't know. I just, I have a hard time getting excited about them. I, I did see Goodfellas and I was like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, Goodfellas is not bad, but you was okay. It's fine. It's, it's not something I would watch twice, but it's, okay. you know. And I watched because it was on Netflix. He had that movie, The Irishman, a couple years ago. That I was pretty bored. I didn't
1: see that, but I heard great things about it.
0: I, I was pretty bored by it, but
1: okay, you, you might get more mileage out of it. Mm-hmm.
0: What actually, one movie of his I did watch because it wasn't a mobster movie was that? Um, oh, now I'm blanking on on the the name. It's like a kid that lives in like a train station, and like it's all about like the joy of like movies and stuff. Hugo.
1: Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Which, I remember
0: liking that uh, that movie, so. Mm.
1: Um,
0: okay, this next one, I don't know how I feel about it. I might check it out. So, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, on Netflix. Based on the hugely popular animated series of the same name, this Netflix live-action series seeks to right the wrongs of the famously terrible Avatar The Last Airbender film that we got back in 2010. The show follows a war-torn world where people can bend the elements. Aang, the last known airbender, has to keep order in the fragile world and fend off plants uh, for a total takeover. It will star Daniel Day Kim and a whole host of newcomers. So, uh, Lester, like, really loves the animated series of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I watched the first episode, and I was kind of bored by it, so I never went and watched more. But a part of me thinks that I should because I've just... I've heard nothing but people rant and rave about that yeah. cartoon and how good it is. So like yeah. a part of me is like, well, should, should I try watching the animated series or should I maybe just wait for this to come out and watch this? You know, um, what do you think? Will you be into this?
1: I've never seen it. Uh, I've heard great things. Um, I'm interested in it for sure. I definitely think I might want to go back and watch it, especially if the show's any good. Um the movie really turned me off to it. It is, it is a good thing that they're actually hiring Asian people to play Asian people. That's a, that's an amazing tactic that they're going with. Go woke, go uh, broke, so I mean, AJ. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, they normally don't do that, so <laughs> this is a <the> change. <laughs> I, I so, feel I mean, like, yeah. to be fair, like
0: I, I feel like in the last few years, Hollywood has like been pretty good um, about diversity and casting.
1: They are now, but if, what changed the last few years? Like, what's the difference between now and, like, 10 years ago? Like, it, I don't know what happened. Like, did did China, like, put their foot? I don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> the demographics, like, slowly are changing, but I don't know. It's weird, but uh, it's good. It's a good thing, I guess. So I'm glad they're they're doing at least that much. I'll, I'll wait for the reviews to come in, though. I'm not sure. After M. Night Shyamalan's version of Avatar, I'm just... Uh... I'm not too excited about the, pro- the franchise.
0: My understanding is Robert Downey Jr. is playing the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this will be a big show that I imagine uh, a lot of people watch. Stranger Things Season 5. Um, there's a distinct possibility that the young cast of Stranger Things will be pushing 20 while still playing uh, teenagers in the Final outing for the Hawkins gang, but such is life. After Big Daddy Vecna unleashed the upside down on Hawkins, causing a massive earthquake that killed a lot of people, the last series of Stranger Things closed on a cliffhanger. How everyone asked: Are this scrappy bunch going to get out of it this time? There's still some time to wait before season five hits our screens, but seeing as it's the final outing, it's sure to pack an emotional payoff. I mean, I've, I've watched it up till now. I'm definitely going to watch the final seasons of of Stranger Things. Um, I don't. I don't think like. I won't call myself like. Like I definitely don't get excited as excited for Stranger Things that I see a lot of people online do. But I like it. I think yeah. it's a solid show, and I'm. I'm definitely up for watching more of it.
1: Eh, I could take it or leave it. I probably won't watch it to be honest. But, really? Uh, yeah. I just. I'm sick of Netflix, man. Like, there's nothing on there. I'm not gonna get one show. It just. I'm not too excited about it.
0: But you don't think when you hear everybody talking about it nonstop, it'll make you go like, "Oh, fine, I'll watch it just to see what the big deal is."
1: Nah. You know,
0: <laughs> you know I do remember thinking after I saw the very first season of Stranger Things, which I think is probably still the strongest season of the show, that like yeah. it, it kind of would have been cool if it was an anthology show, and like that was just that season. Like, and then like if they did it again, maybe it would be an anthology like show set either, in either like the '90s or more contemporary. You know, they, they could just tell all yeah. these, like, you know, similarly themed. Like, I get why they didn't. Like, that cast is really good and everything. But, uh, and I, to be fair, I've enjoyed the show throughout. So, I shouldn't complain too mm. much. But part of me thinks that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, ooh, AJ, I know you and your sister will be excited for this one. Me, not so much.
1: Bridgerton,
0: season three.
1: Um- well, I don't want the Bridgerton, but she <laughs> loves Bridgerton. I'm surprised it's going back for a third season, man. Like... <laughs> are watching that. I, I thought it was just her. <laughs> I think it's actually a, a big show
0: for Netflix. Uh, okay, prepare British. for more. Prepare for more bodices to be ripped. Um, oh, they just refer to the the British apparently just refer to it as the ton. The ton will be a buzz once the new season of Bridgerton hits our screens. a lot up. of
1: Britishisms
0: today, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, AJ, this season focuses on the love story between Penelope. Lady whistled down, in case you didn't know, and Colin. Lady down. <laughs> <laughs> After insulting her to the rest of the lads in the final episode of the last season, it's going to take some hard graft to get Colin back in the good books, expect much of the same dresses, balls, vague ideas of Regency England, and settle in for the sauciest show on the telly. Now, does that get you excited, or does that get you excited?
1: Man, I mean, I don't want to sound like a typical, like, you know, toxic male or anything, but, uh, that's, that show's made for the women, right? That's what it is. That's not made for the guys. <laughs> I think you know, yeah, I mean, I more think power so. to you if you're a guy watching it, but, uh, I just, I think it's mostly targeted towards women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a balls and stuff. stuff. Definitely a chick show. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. This next one, uh, just like stranger things, this fits into a realm of a show that I will watch a show that I like the first season of but I don't think I was into it as the rest of the world. Uh, Squid Game, Season 2. Never seen it. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. I think it's worth watching. I liked it. Uh, The biggest show that Netflix ever released is, of course, getting a second series. How couldn't it? It's a good thing the first series about a deadly game inflicted on the most debt-ridden people in society ended on a cliffhanger. After taking home the massive winnings, uh, Hoon has his sights set on the... Uh, game masters who want nothing more than to keep him quiet so they can keep playing their evil games. Season two looks uh, set to crack the whole thing wide open, but we still have to wait for some time before a release date is delivered. Um, so, yeah, who, who knows if it'll actually come out this year. But, um, man, AJ, I'm actually surprised you didn't see this show. It seemed like everybody saw it at the
1: time. Everybody saw it. My sister watched it. Everybody watched it. I just, I'm one of those people like. I don't know why, but I can't watch a show while it's like in its prime. It feels like I I just I can't do it. Then I got to discover it later on on my own for some reason. You I can't lead this horse to water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't make me drink it. You're uh, you're one of those
0: hipsters that doesn't like anything that's too too popular. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I kind of get that because sometimes if you're not watching a show as it happens and it gets just like so much buzz like that show gets then you're just like, uh, oh, there, there, there is something about it where you, you feel, I don't know why that happens. You would think it would excite you more to watch it. Like, oh, everybody says this is great. But it almost feels like then you're like, feel like you're burdened to have to watch it almost. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that. But I, I can't confidently say that it is a good uh, show if you ever get around to it. Hmm. Um, Also on the Netflix train, um, Wednesday season two. Uh, the moodiest girl in the world will be back for round two. Wednesday's first season broke Stranger Things season four viewing records at lightning speed. So it's only natural the Adam's family spinoff will be back for more. Jenna Ortega's take on the soul and sibling sees her at Nevermore Academy, a boarding school for outcasts. After fending off a literal beast in season one, there are plenty more monsters and familial uh, battles in store for round two. Now, AJ, since Wednesday season one was so popular, did you watch it?
1: My sister watched it. I, <laughs> I watched a little bit of it with her, but uh, I didn't think it was that great. Man, it's starting to sound like we're gonna get Netflix again pretty soon with Bridgerton and uh, Wednesday. Though <laughs> I think my sister's gonna make us get it, but that'll uh, make her cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And Squid Games, maybe. Yeah, she watched that too. Um, but yeah, I mean Wednesday once again. I don't. I think it might be mostly towards the women, like from what I saw. I don't know, but uh, you yeah, know, I'll fine. say
0: um, I did watch it. I. It was a, it was a cute show, uh, it, it, you know. It, it, it's enjoyable enough. It's a different take on on the Addams Family, um, mm. you know. Again, like I, I I don't necessarily understand why it broke so many streaming records necessarily. Like I think there's better shows on Netflix, but I thought it was a cute show and like it it, it kind of almost has that Harry Potter feel because she's going to this like you know weird school with kids that can do all these like weird things you know so yeah. it, it's got that kind of thing going for it i think maybe it just appealed to both like old fans of the adams family characters as well as like teenagers and little kids i think it's definitely like a what they would call like a four quadrant show so maybe that's why it did so well
1: okay yeah makes sense
0: you know i i kind of wonder cuz like apparently um um Warner Brothers is supposedly going to make um, a Harry Potter TV show that I think is meant to be able to do like more of the stuff that was in the books than the movies were able to. But my thing is like kids grow so quickly that just like with Stranger Things, like I I think if they don't really do a lot of pre-production and like really churn out the seasons of a Harry Potter show – like, the kids are going to get too old-looking. They're going to run into that problem again. So, like...
1: Yeah. Man, I know who they're targeting with Harry Potter. I watched Harry Potter. I couldn't wait for it to be done by, like, the sixth sixth movie. I was like, that sixth movie was so bad. I just... I, I don't want to watch anything on the franchise. I didn't care. I, I, I was... I wanna throw up after hearing about Harry Potter now. Like it's just too much. Like I've had enough. i it's like overeating uh certain foods for so long that you're just like, I don't wanna see it again now. And uh God, that sixth movie was so bad. They they shoehorned it, like they forced us to watch that two part sixth and seventh, I think. And uh it just it was bad. I hated it. After that I just hated the whole franchise.
0: I, I like the movies decently. I, I will say I do think it was a mistake for them to split that up like they did and like yeah i agree that part one of those last two movies is like the weakest movie in the whole series for sure um but overall i i I like the series decently my thing though is like if they're gonna do a tv series i would rather them do it with like a whole different cast of characters like because of the movies like yeah i'm sure there's things in the books that i don't know about but like I know the basics of that story. I, I would rather see like a totally different kids, uh, group of kids, like going to Hogwarts and like tell that story rather than just repeat the Harry Potter, you know, story again.
1: There's no way they could do it with Radcliffe and them for sure, right? Like, oh, and age them or something. <laughs> no, and in,
0: in, I mean, unless they wanted to do a thing to where like you know they're now teachers in the school or something and there's
1: the parents or something yeah. saved by
0: the bell the new kids or whatever it's a new class yeah.
1: <laughs> um
0: next on this list is the show i don't care about but it's a, it's a show i've heard of but like um you season five oh, uh, i've just seen this show oh you have okay um season one so it says hello Oh, OK, so after I'll, I'll see what you think of it. So it says, hello, you again and again and again and again. Uh, you just can't get rid of Joe Goldberg. Stalkers are like that uh, after all. Coming back with one final season, season five of You, the series about a stalker slash hopeless romantic slash murder slash book enthusiast uh, will land uh, back where it all started in New York City. Joe is happily settled down with Kate, who knows most of his dirty little secrets but homecomings always entail a few reunions. According to Netflix, the familiar faces back to haunt Joe. And with the mammoth list of victims left in his wake, uh, the Avenger could be anyone's guess. Okay. So give me the basic rundown of what this show is.
1: From what I've seen, this guy's just like a, a psychotic boyfriend. Like he, he obsesses over girls. Um, he commits murder pretty easily. Like, you know, if somebody's in the way of him getting with that girl, uh, he'll kill them. And, uh, you know, he's always getting in, himself in a situation where like his, his whole plot, like unfoils, like somebody's going to figure out he did this or this happened earlier and he's lying about this. He's always, you know, he, he's masquerading all the time. So like, you know, he's trying to keep up this lie and uh, that ends up biting him in the ass, you know? So he has to, to eliminate whoever can unravel his lies. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly what I've seen from seasons one and two. And, uh, Season two was not that strong, and I heard season three was even worse. So I'm surprised it's still going. I mean, so this usually gets rid of a show pretty quickly, I thought. So. It's
0: on the downslope. Well, it's the last season, so I guess they finally ran out of ideas.
1: Yeah.
0: And then lastly on this list is another show I'm pretty skeptical will come out in 2024, but whenever it comes out, I'll be interested in it. Uh, a new Star Wars series called The Acolyte. Um, you might need your own separate Rolodex for the number of Star Wars shows to keep track of. Acolyte will hit our screens uh, next year, and we'll see. Set in the High Republic era before the events of the main Star Wars films, uh, part crime procedural, part space quest, the series will track the emerging dark powers of the galaxy with an ominous understanding of what's to come. It will star the Good Places' Manny Jacinto, Squid Game's Lee Jung Jai, and uh, Amanla Sternberg? Um, I'm not really familiar with well, I guess I kind of know some of those actors, but, um, but yeah, it's what I like about it is it takes place in a, uh, a time period that I don't think much has been done with in star Wars, except maybe in some comics and like outside material. But, um, um, it definitely sounds, uh, interesting and, um, it says part, like, uh, part crime procedural. That sounds interesting to me in the context of a star Wars show. So um mm. i'm definitely you love your procedurals <laughs> not all the time i mean there's a lot of procedural shows that are terrible but uh you know if here's the thing like there is a such thing as a winning formula and if a show mm. finds the winning formula a procedural is not always a bad thing um okay. but yeah i i get it some of them some of a lot of procedurals feel like you know what they call like what a, like a laundry folding show where you can kind of do something else and just have it on in the background and still kind of get what happened, you know. All
1: right, dude, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. Like, I can't tell if I'm just paranoid, like, uh, one of those, like, you know, what do they call those people who like uh, conspiracy theorists? I can't tell if I'm just one of those, or, but every rapper who said fuck the police at some point becomes a cop in one of these procedural shows or something. <laughs> Ice Cube is a cop in every movie, it feels like. Ice-T um, in Law & Order. Ice-T is on uh, Law & Order, I think. Yeah. Um, there's another one, too. I just ah, it, it feels like all these guys eventually become cops in these shows. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it is interesting.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're... Um trying to uh, uh,
1: fix the police from the inside <laughs> i don't know is that like the community service or something <laughs> they have to like play a cop on tv <laughs> maybe it's a grand
0: conspiracy by the man where they're like we're gonna hire these guys that were critical of the police to now to become, be the police and and, and ma- make
1: us look good
0: right and make <laughs> us look good maybe right that's the biggest conspiracy theory of them all (laughs) they're trying to make the police look better by
1: (laughs) should should i say will i get my own show (laughs) we should make a separate
0: podcast where we just make up conspiracy theorists and see how many followers we can get because i think we'll be doing better numbers than this podcast to be honest for sure yeah (laughs) people love conspiracy theories they do and if, oh my God. The thing with conspiracy theorists, if you can get them to buy into one, they'll buy into all of
1: them. Oh, yeah. Their whole world unravels.
0: <laughs> I have a cousin on Facebook, and he recently was posting things that, like, are y'all ready to apologize for the conspiracy theorists in your life over the last past couple of years or whatever? And it's just funny with him in particular, because he's one that I remember reposting like QAnon type stuff, like like tom hanks is like one of those people that like i don't know owns like uh (laughs) like eats babies or something you know what i mean like uh all sorts of weird stuff like that so i'm like really you're you're gonna ask us for an apology mister i believe in the the most outlandish conspiracy theorists of all time i i don't
1: think so yeah tom hanks man that's out of all people <laughs> you gotta pick you know it's always the guy you'd least
0: suspect the guy everyone thinks is like the
1: nicest guy
0: yeah. um well aj we got about 10 minutes left or so i thought we probably should do a couple stories uh
1: what do you got for us all right this one clearly i get these all from lad bible so they also have britishisms <laughs> but this one's clearly to grab people's attention i just it grabbed my attention so i just had to talk about it Okay. Uh, no Nut December is finally over, and now men are embracing Destroy Dick December. <laughs> I, I, That's pretty I, much the whole article right there, I'm sure. But, yeah, I see. actually
0: saw that article, but like, I was like, there doesn't seem to be much to this more than the good headline.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh, starts with, blokes around the world are celebrating the end of No Nut November. Uh, the annual event sees men abstain from pleasuring themselves until completion for the whole month as a test of willpower. Uh, same also chose. Oh, some also chose to avoid watching pornography, but the main aim is to avoid the act of masturbation during November. However, it is now officially December first. It's obviously way past then, and they can finally rip in. Uh, they flooded the No Nut November Reddit page with cheers and celebration. One member said, "Congratulations! We can be proud of this achievement." Another, added, "I just woke up from my nap, and I just ended two hours. It just ended two hours ago for me. Fourth claim this year. Fourth claim this year." Uh, I'm proud of you, comrade. Now go blow the biggest nut till we meet again next year. Peace. Some people who do Nut November believe holding off from ejaculation for a whole month can produce mental clarity and increased self uh, sense of self-confidence. Did you do Nut no November? I gotta ask you. It was really personal, but... <laughs> no, I,
0: by this? no, I've never done that. And, and to be honest, from a purely scientific perspective, I don't even think it's that healthy... Well. I don't know. Maybe there could be something said for like, you know, watching less porn or whatever. But I think, I think medical people actually say like, there's a health benefit to masturbation. Like, it's not good for your prostate to like, to never ejaculate or something like that.
1: Yeah. I I think porn is super unhealthy, man. Like, you know, I mean, you know, do what you do in the bedroom. That's fine. But I mean, even porn stars say like, they don't do that in real life. Right. You know, that's just for the cameras. And, uh, you know the addiction; it can it can really mess people up. I've seen you know obviously it's just like any other addiction. Right. Um, I also think that uh, the clarity that somebody would get from not masturbating that that would be the opposite for me. If I, if I didn't masturbate for a whole month, I'd be like, oh my gosh, did you see that ankle? You know, I know that, <laughs> so, that, that, that's just It's saying... some serious need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd really just be thinking of nothing else. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, while it might be different for some participants, Dr. Raina Malik uh, explained that the benefits of not nutting could help boost your fertility uh, when you have fi- when you finally do have sex. That makes sense. But overall, there wasn't much of a reason to do it, especially not for 30 days. Okay. Uh, she explained that while there aren't any huge health benef- or problems caused by participating No Nut November, it doesn't really help much either, uh, either as, as you'll miss out on the benefits of masturbation. She said there's a number of benefits to masturbation, including better sleep decreased heart rate, decreased stress, and a lot of increase in good feel-good feel hormones. People can get a lot of pain and discomfort in the pelvic floor of their testicles. Um, as for feelings of improved mental health and increased self-confidence, there may actually be some truth there, okay? The self-discipline required to make it to 30 days without orgasming pr- proves to participants that they can set a goal and achieve it. Well, that's pretty much anything, right? Uh, now that No Nut Nove- no November is officially over, blokes are gearing up for one hell of a December. And we're not talking about festive season. Uh, some people like to balance out No Nut November with Destroy Dick December and make up for some lost time. There's no set rules when it comes to this additional challenge, but blokes are given free reign to nut as much as they like. If you did know it was a British article, they definitely made sure you <laughs> knew it was blokes, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: <laughs> the thing is, though, even with people who participate in No Nut November, let's be honest. Then every other month is break dick December.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you're probably recovering from October just for No <laughs> Nut November. Like they're probably like cameling it up, you know, like saving all their like like using up all their their stuff the month before, so they don't have anything left for November.
0: That's true. You know, um, uh, people who participate like Halloween night they're just going to town on themselves.
1: <laughs> oh. oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and this is for single people for sure, right? Cuz if you're like in a married if you're married or you have a girlfriend, who's going to abide by No Nut November? Come on. Like is she going to be okay with that? I but, don't know.
0: There's probably some wives that are like, "You know, you really should participate in No Nut November." <laughs> <laughs> You but think yeah, there's any women that sure. do? You think there's any women that do? No, not November.
1: I think it's so much easier for women to do that. Oh, it now. is. It is. Yeah, I do like, like the on we that met famous on a disadvantage. Huh? I do
0: like on the uh, Master of Your Domain episode of Seinfeld that you know Elaine was like one of the first people to like. Lose oh, the that,
1: that was insane! No <laughs> way.
0: I know, but it's funny.
1: It's funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, let me see what I got here in terms of articles. I'll do one, and then we can call it a show. Um, well, this one I, I just found today. I haven't really read it, but the, the headline uh, got my attention. Vietnamese man's headache was caused by chopsticks in his brain. Um, That'll do it. <laughs> you really shouldn't try to power through persistent headaches. If your head feels like it's splitting constantly, there might be something seriously wrong. Take this Vietnamese man, for example. The 35-year-old man was suffering from horrendous, persistent headaches, yet he simply tried to grit his teeth and bear the pain. After five months, however, he discovered a strange object in his nose. <clears throat> At the same time, his nose and throat got extremely runny, and his vision became a blur. He was rushed to a hospital where he, uh, we can only imagine the doctor's reactions when they scanned his head. There was a pair of chopsticks lodged inside the man's skull. When asked if he knew how the chopsticks got in his brain, The man couldn't remember at first. Eventually, he recalled that a night out had turned rowdy some months back, and he may have been stabbed in the face with something sharp. We can't help but wonder how much you have to drink not to realize you just got a pair of wooden sticks shoved into your skull. The bizarre medical case um, happened in late November, according to Vietnamese media sources. The man, identified only as Mr. PVT, had been struggling with strange health issues for some time. Over the past five months, he had suffered from severe, reoccurring headaches and a sensation of tightness in his skull. He also had regular discharge through his nose and throat, sometimes snot, other times pus. Still, Mr. PVT uh, had not sought medical help. He simply tried to power through the pain until the day came when he no longer could. One day, Mr. PVT's nose got extremely itchy. While scratching it, he discovered what was described as a foreign object. Trying to fix the issue himself, the man grabbed a pair of tweezers to try to pull out the unwelcome intruder. Much to his horror, though, he discovered that the object was a lot bigger than he realized. Immediately following his attempt to dislodge the object, Mr. PVT took a turn for the worse. His headache exploded. He virtually lost his vision, and the flow of liquid from his nose became a waterfall. At this point, his family decided it was time to see a doctor. They rushed Mr. PVT to the emergency room uh, of the v- Vietnam-Cuba Friendship Hospital in Dong Hoi, where doctors promptly gave him a CT scan. Uh, they discovered the man suffered from intracranial pneumothorax, a life-threatening condition where excess air in the skull cavity exerts pressure on the brain. Uh, further tests revealed the obvious cause of Mr. PVT's condition. That would be the pair of chopsticks piercing through the nose into his brain. I mean, this article goes on for a while, but I'm like, just like they said, like, how, like, my only thought is that these somehow caused him a weird memory loss. Because, like, like they said, like, how drunk do you have to be to get chopsticks, like, stuck through your nose, like, partially into your brain or whatever, and, like, you don't remember it. Like, my only thought is they pressed on, like, some sort of, uh, you know, memory thing in his brain and, like, messed up his memory. I don't know how this can happen.
1: You can get pretty drunk. I've been pretty drunk. I, I, can, I can see that. <laughs> you get that drunk, but, uh, though? What you forget? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can get, <laughs> like, I think it's like, like a brownout, maybe. Or, I mean, there's there are blackout drunks. Right. But, I mean, the thing is, how the chopsticks got all the way up there, like, what kind of fight was this? Was he fighting, like, a ninja who could, like, easily get chopsticks up people's noses? Like, the other thing, I, I would think
0: the chopsticks would be long enough that it would kill you if they actually got that far in.
1: True. I mean, so, I mean this guy is a survivor. This guy's—it's a miracle he's alive. It is
0: amazing. It is amazing that it didn't just kill him. But the fact that yeah, but the fact that also that he could like—I don't know—the like he's getting the, these terrible headaches. But you—you you would think there would be like if the chopsticks are actually in there, like you would think they would cause so much discomfort. Like, he would know, like, there's something else wrong. Like, there's something in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just amazing to me. M- maybe he's one of those guys that just really hates going to the doctor, and he's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> he I don't must know. have
1: made up that chopstick story, the fight or something. Because did the did people hold him down and place the chopsticks up his nose? Like,
0: it doesn't say. Oh,
1: maybe. Something weird is going on with that story, man. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I just don't know, like, even if he was, like, like blackout drunk, like, when he woke up the next morning, how could he not know there, there was something more wrong than just, like, a terrible headache? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, the, the fact that it's even possible for that to happen and not kill you is pretty amazing. To yeah,
1: that is amazing. The human body can survive a lot of stuff, I guess. <laughs> There's
0: definitely, like, man, can you imagine, like, just being a doctor and, like, you see something like this? Like yeah, man. anytime I've been doctors who perfor- perform like, you know, CT scans and stuff like that. They just or x-rays, to be honest, like every time you do one, you know, there's that like one in a thousand chance you're going to see something like just out of
1: this world. For sure. Yeah. I think they see it all the time, man. Like I, I've heard bad stories, like sad stories, too, of like people doing stuff with animals. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know, you always hear about people sticking something up their butt. So I mean, those are the ones we hear about. I'm sure they have like so many stories to tell. That I mean, obviously they can't really tell you because they're under that right HIPAA and stuff like that. But uh, geez, man, they've seen some stuff. <laughs> I always wonder about some of these that are
0: you know published in medical uh, journals like this guy, where they just go like, "Oh, he's Mister Pvt or whatever." But I think they still have to agree to that like oh your case is so weird can we publish it in a medical journal we won't use your real name but sometimes in these medical journals you will hear the story of like oh this guy shoved something crazy up his ass and it's like yeah even if they were gonna not use your name would you really want that in a medical journal that oh yeah i you know stuck this i think we had a story where a guy stuck like an unexploded like world war ii like artillery shell up his ass or something it's like who wants that published in a medical journal
1: yeah man i think i've also heard about light bulbs being up there what? no i think there was an
0: episode of scrubs where somebody did that i don't know
1: if that's based oh, maybe on a that's what i'm confusing it with That could be confusing that that's really dangerous as hell too like obviously an unexploded grenade or whatever is gonna be <laughs> bad as hell but I mean, also a light bulb is not the smartest thing to shove up there, man. That would, that would cut you up, and chemicals and everything. But, you know, I don't know, light
0: bulbs are associated with good ideas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, people do some crazy shit. Like, just go online and buy a sex toy. Why is that so hard? Is there more shame in that than going to the doctor at the end of the day and telling him about what you shoved up there? I wouldn't think so.
0: It keeps happening, so you never know. Uh, but I did hear
1: about a woman recently who shoved a sex toy up Do we talk about this? I don't know I don't know uh, This woman, uh, she she was like doing stuff with her partner And uh, I guess she had a sex toy that was like a smaller, like three inch thing And uh, it just got sucked up right up in her anal cavity She had to go to the doctor I that, mean, That's at least understandable It's
0: embarrassing, but yeah, it's at least understandable yeah.
1: that, it ha- you know, that it can
0: happen You know, it can happen It's not at least like, oh It's the right, right object Actually, yeah. so I don't know Coconut. <laughs> um, well, AJ, back to um, light bulbs and good ideas. You know what's a good idea? Subscribing oh, yeah. to our YouTube channel and subscribing in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. We thank everybody that does that. Uh, please, if you will, tell everybody you know about us. Get us our subscriber numbers up. We would thank you very much for that. Um, leave us thumbs up, positive reviews, comments. Uh, Tell us what kind of stuff uh, you've allegedly sat on. (laughs) And um, uh, if you like, you can follow me over on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that'll do for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.